Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. Hey guys, Donnie Bovine here, CEO of Success Champions Networking and author of Endless Streamer Referrals. Uh, this is going to be a really cool episode. This is a special episode that we recorded at the Badass Business Summit. Me and Kevin went live on stage and got to hang out and interact with uh, a lot of the fans of the show and a lot of our clients at the Badass Business Summit. So um, just know you're going to hear a lot of live interactions. You're going to hear a lot of people cheering in the background, and you're going to hear some live questions from the crowd that Kevin and I answer and throw out um, for everybody. So this was such a blast to record. I hope you enjoy it. Um, it was a lot of fun for us to put together. So without further ado, here we go. Kevin and I live at the Badass Business Summit. Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? We are live at the Badass Business Summit. <laughs> uh, this is pretty cool. So this is the second year we've done the Badass Business Summit, and Kevin and I thought it'd be a cool idea to take the Growth Mode podcast, do it live in front of a live audience. So if you're listening to this in your car, you're watching this on YouTube, wherever it is, you're going to hear the background noise, you're going to hear the clapping, you're going to hear all the stuff. Um, we've asked the members of the summit to throw some questions at us so we can answer those. But if you've never heard of the Growth Mode show, you haven't seen or listened to the podcast, so I'm Donnie Bovine, the CEO and founder of the Success Champion family of companies. Kevin Snow is my chief operation officer, buddy, partner in crime, and absolute genius at everything when it comes to sales automation. On this show, guys, we talk everything sales, business development. We help business owners and salespeople scale and grow their businesses. In this episode, live at the Badass Business Summit, we are going to answer questions live from some of our members. We asked some of them to throw some hard questions at us, and we're going to give a hell. Y'all ready? Let's do this shit. All right. Our first question is from Melissa Henry of Melissa Dempel Photography. And her question is, how can you connect on a deeper level with potential clients on a sales call faster? You want to take it first? 
Well, it, it's, for me, it's always questions. I'm trying to figure out what they have going on. And I have a process that I go through and I'm questioning that takes them from a real high-level, non-intrusive uh, point of view down to where I can actually ask them financial questions and they're comfortable giving me that information. Have you ever been on that sales call where someone jumps in and just starts asking you the financial stuff? For sure. And you're like, ooh, gross. Well, I don't know you. Why are you talking? Well, I'm not ready to talk money with you yet. So you want to start off with the basic stuff. Hey, how many, how many locations do you have? How many employees? How long have you been in business? My favorite one is how did you get into this business? Yeah. And that's a way for them to now tell their story. And I can say, wow, that's cool. Tell me more about this. And we can start making that personal introduction. And I can start talking about, well, I got in my business similar ways or because of this. And now we can have that owner to owner conversation. Yeah, and I would throw in there that, that I get genuinely interested in their story. Like, I really want to know the details of it. So I'm going to continue with the follow-up questions. So that first question is a fucking rock star move. But it's those second and third questions that makes them and forces them to go bigger. So the little bitty questions like, ooh, tell me more. Ooh, when you, what do you mean when you said that? When you got to that point, what was that thing that triggered that? Feed their words back to them. And if you do this right, guys, you'll watch them literally lean right into you. And as they lean in, bring them into it and draw it in. But you've got to be genuinely interested in what the hell they're saying. Most people really just skip this portion of the sales call when truthfully, it's the most important. You know? And for people who are high Ds on the disc profile like me, this is really fucking hard to do. Because we really just don't give a shit. Right? <laughs> So we have to legitimately force this to make this happen. Kevin struggles with it too. Being a high C, this isn't easy for him as well. So what I'm telling you guys, this is a learned process to invest and be able to ask better and more badass questions. Because I, I can tell you, you know, my early sales trying to get connect with people and ask questions, I literally had 10 questions in front of me. I'd be like, okay, question number one. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Question number two, right? And there was nothing, no meat on the bone, right? So, but you've got to genuinely dive in and really, really, really give a shit and try and get to know them because that early on story gives you the nuggets for the rest of the sales call to do what we talk about all the time about disqualifying. That's where the meat of that conversation comes is that initial bonding report moment. Make sense? Yeah. All right. Holy hell. Second one from Miss Badass herself, Miss Laura DeFranco with Brave Healer. Sales questions. What's the best way to disqualify someone in a sales conversation? You want to? No, I'm going to go know, first. Right, yeah. oh, right. You've heard this shit enough. You got this. <laughs> so, again, it's that questioning thing. You, you need to get their story, find out what's going on in their world, where they're at, and, and what disqualifies them for you is gonna be different than what disqualifies them for me. I'm gonna be looking for them to be able to actually do the things I tell them and they're ready to engage and take the coaching and consulting that I give them and actually and follow up. And one of my big uh, issues with clients is when we're working on a project, for all the listeners who don't know what I do, I do sales and marketing automation. So we're doing a lot of email design, graphic design, campaign build outs. I need information from them in a timely manner. If they aren't 
able to provide things when I ask for it. And, and I learned this quick during the sales process when I asked them to do things and I set up little traps for them to see how they're gonna respond. If they can't pass those, I know they're not a good fit. So my goal is always to get rid of them as soon as possible if, uh, so that I can fill that slot in my pipeline with someone else that's more qualified. Yeah, for sure. And I would add in there that we talked about a little bit earlier at the summit, you've got to know what it takes to say yes, right? I mean, you've got to specifically know every key point that they are required to have and do to say yes to you. And the idea behind disqualifying somebody is everybody's been taught for years by all these used car sales type sales trainers that are out there, all these transactional assholes that are teaching to close, 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 right? If you do any of that shit in today's sales, you're going to lose. You've got to sit across from someone, and if you ever get to a spot where you feel like you've got to convince them to buy, you're being a fucking greaseball, right? This is not about convincing people to buy. This is about you deciding if you want to work with them, right? And to do that, you've got to get damn good, as Kevin said, with your questions. And you've really got to dive into their world. And people ask me, all right, I had a couple people come up to me like, what are the questions? And, and then the struggle with giving you guys like the list of questions is I don't know your industry. So what I want you guys to think about is try everything. Test every question you can think you, and what I found over the years, the questions that are really the good questions are the ones where they get a big response. Like they shift in their chair, they get emotionally charged because you hit something. When that body movement happens, when that action happens, lean into that more because that's the thing that they really want to, to dive into, and it's most likely the biggest indicator that something's going on. When you set yourself up that you're gonna disqualify, that means you're completely detached from the fucking outcome. I don't believe in closing the sales, I believe in closure. You get a yes, a no, or a next step, quit pushing for the yes. And we talked about it earlier. If you push for the fucking yes, you're going to get to a spot where you're going to have all these clients that you really don't want to fucking work with that are just miserable in hell and going to beat the hell out of you. So when I started off in technology sales, one of the big things that screwed up my sales process and my, my pipeline was the fact that there was usually multiple people involved in the decision. And I learned really quickly after I was surprised a few times thinking something was going to close, like, oh, all right, now, now we need to go have a talk with so-and-so. I'm like, fuck, really? God damn it. So I learned really quick that I had to have that conversation really early. And usually that was the first meeting with whoever my contact was at that client and saying, hey, all right, so tell me about how you guys make a decision about buying this type of service and make them walk me through it in detail. And as soon as I said, yeah, and then so-and-so has to, you know, makes the final decision, how do we get him involved now? because I don't want to repeat myself twice. And we work with that. If they can't get them involved right now, depending on the account and the size and everything, I may have just backed out and said, you know, we're not a good fit. If, if I can't work with them up front, this is gonna to take too long. You're, gonna, you're not gonna enjoy the process. So it's understanding what the big disqualifiers are for you you know, money. Do you have, you know, with Success Champions, we have a couple different tiers of products that we can offer companies for coaching and consulting. If you only have the one product, budget's going to be really big for you. So you need to understand what those dis disqualifiers are and figure out how to get them into the conversation sooner rather than later.
Absolutely. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, the big one for you guys is, is we talked about earlier, we talked about having a sales process. This is all those questions inside of that sales process, right? And inside of each step, we talked about it. You've got to have a particular question in each stage of your sales call that you've got to dive into very specifically because, and these questions will evolve over time as you have more and more and more conversations. I didn't say it in my earlier speech, but I think the greatest, fastest way to build a badass company is get to 100 conversations with people who can say yes to you as fast as fucking possible, right? Most people will tell me, man, I'm having so many Zoom meetings, I'm having all these calls and it's not leading to shit. And it's because you're meeting with people who can't say yes to you. So if you really start focusing on, you know, how do I get these meetings with people who can say yes, now you can really get good at practicing these fucking questions. And it's okay to fuck up, right? I love completely blowing a sales call. Because why? Because it's going to teach you so many things. Don't believe me, try cold calling. I promise you, you cold call a corporate office, the switchboard gal will answer the phone and she'll say, hey, this is so-and-so. If I completely blow it, like, and I say something stupid, I can hang up, call back in five minutes, and start the conversation from scratch, and she's gonna have no freaking idea that I just called. Because they get so many calls on a regular basis. So if you really wanna practice some of the questions, just start calling all the secretary, excuse me, administrative assistants. I'm showing my age, guys, my apologies, right? Find all the administrative assistants around town, and just start calling their asses, and go, can I practice a few questions on you? Try it, see what happens. <laughs> so, wanna read that one? Sure, this one is from Cheryl from Land of Oz Beef. And the question is, should I be, should I be repeating keywords and social media content for SEO purposes? All right, so it's really hard to SEO social media because it's someone else's domain. It's not really interacting with your website. You, you know, even if you have the feed going on your website or your posts, it's not having a lot, it doesn't provide you a lot of SEO juice. The words you want to be using in your social media posts are the ones that are going to trigger a response from your target. The thing that will make them say, oh, I want to read about this more. I want to hit the little more button and expand the post and read what else they have to say. So it's really key to have those words in that first few lines that show up so that they can say, oh, cool, I was actually thinking about this, and then they can hit the button. Yeah, I would add in there, I mean, there's, there's a consistency in the content, so, you know, I've been building content for four fucking years now, right? And a lot of it, my early, I remember at one point my aunt came up to me. She goes, I laugh at half your post because you don't believe half the shit you're talking about. And what was happening is I was trying to be all the other people out there in the world. I was trying to say their shit because I didn't know what to do. I'm like, so they're all saying this stuff, so I'm going to say this stuff. And it just wasn't me. It wasn't my authentic voice. And oh, by the way, I was wearing button downs and no ball caps back then too, right? So, you know, as I first started out in business, it was just, I was trying to do everything that everybody else was doing versus living my truth and telling my story and acting the way I do. And it was a breath of fresh air the first time I said fuck on social media because I got so much feedback. You know, all the old gray hair guys came out. They're like, you know, you'd get a whole lot more business if you didn't talk that way. I'm like, thank you for proving you're the guy I'd never want to work with. You know. Who here wants to see a picture of Donnie in his three piece suit? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. That's not his wedding. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he went to his first networking meeting in a three piece suit. I did. I did. That's a real story. 
Have you guys ever heard my, th my, my first networking story? Well, if you haven't, so really, really quick. So I was selling commercial printing, and I was struggling. I was just starting out trying to figure out how to you know, get this whole sales thing really figured out. And I, on Google, you know, how do you sell? You know, how do you learn to sell? And this idea of networking popped up. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I'm reading it, and it sounds like a freaking AA meeting for business owners. Right? Hi, my name's Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, so I'm reading about it, and they're bringing a bunch of business owners to this little area, and you're going to chance to share and sell. In my head, what I heard was a bunch of business owners that I can sell to. It's not what the thing, you know, the website said, but that was what happened in my head. So I literally to go get the one suit that I own, right? And it's probably a hundred dollar suit. So I'm glad the suit guy's not here anymore because you know he'd probably cry at that comment. But and I had it all took it to the cleaners, got it all dolled up and everything else. And then I show up at the small civic center in a little town called Colleyville, Texas. And inside my jacket, dude, I have got all these brochures stuffed, right? I've got business cards stuffed in all my pockets. They're like, you know how the guys wear jeans that are a little bit too small and all their pockets are like bulging out with shit, right? Phone in the back pocket. And it's filled with all sales and marketing shit. So I walk up. And as I walk into the, the, the little convention center, there's a gal that's sitting there that kind of just directs traffic. I said, hey, I'm Donnie. Who do I sell commercial printing to? And she goes, oh, honey, that doesn't work that way here. You're going to want to go down the hallway. And I hear as I walk off, she goes, there goes another one. Right? And I hear her say this as she walks away. In my head, I'm like 24 years old, and I think, dude, this is people I'm supposed to be selling to. I walk up, and there's two card tables set up and a couple of nice ladies sitting behind it. And I walk up to them. And I said, hey, who do I talk to about selling commercial printing? They're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't work that way here. Can you give us three business cards? Um, you'll go in this door, somebody will greet you there. I'm like, okay, well, this is all the people I sell to. And I heard them as I walk up, these ladies are like, they're going to fucking love him. Right? So I walk through the door, and this tall gentleman, and I won't use his name because he's still around, but walks up to me and goes, hey, nice to meet you. Do you own your home? I said, well, no, I'm, I'm just fresh back home. I'm living with mom and dad, trying to figure out the world. He goes, who do your parents use for electricity? I'm like, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, I could save you a bunch of money on your electricity. And, you know, you could actually probably make some money doing this. And an insurance guy walks up and goes, would you leave him alone? Do your parents by chance have insurance? <laughs> then a financial advisor comes up and goes, oh, I hear we're talking about money. How's your 401k? And I'm like, holy shit, what the hell has happened to me? Right? This is not my place anymore. I'm supposed to be selling commercial printing, and the first three guys that walk up are trying to sell me shit. Well, all of a sudden, this guy starts gaveling the freaking table to start the meeting. And so everybody's going to their seats. Why well, go to find my seat? I'm informed really quickly there's assigned chairs. That's not my seat. Now my Marine's coming out, right? Don't tell me what to fucking do. So I go around and I find another seat, and you guys will know this style of meeting. But the president gets up, and they're going to do these things called 60-second commercials. And people start going around doing these 60-second commercials, and they're doing fucking jingles at the end. They're singing fucking songs and doing poems. And I'm like, I sell commercial fucking printing. What the hell am I supposed to say? So I'm sitting there listening to all these people go around doing this stupid thing that made no fucking sense to me. 
And as they get ready to me, I'm running through my head, what do I say, what do I say? I sell commercial printing, you know, I sell it in bulk mass. And so I come up with, I had this whole little sales presentation prepared. I go to stand up and the freaking guy that has a gavel bangs the gavel at me and says, guess go second. So now I'm half raised as I slowly layer my ass back down in the chair and now I'm getting red. Right? This is twice this asshole told me what to do, right? So then they, they, they go around and they're, 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 everybody's doing their thing and they say, okay, now guests are going to go. Um, he looks at me, he goes, go ahead. I stand up and I start whizzing off my sales presentation, right? You know, why you need commercial printing, how to save money on variable data, and I'm going. He starts banging the shit out of the gavel and he goes, look. You can only tell what your company name is and what your name is. That's it. The rest is reserved for our members. I was done. I went on with my sales presentation because you're not going to tell me what to fucking do. <laughs> and I'm still trying to pitch this entire room commercial printing. He is getting so pissed. He's banging the gavel. Spittle is coming out of his mouth as he's fucking yelling at me. Um, I get done, dude, and I'm livid. I'm like, I should just walk out of this room at this point. Well, he probably wouldn't have been upset with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the way out. And then they go, you're going to have to go outside with a gentleman. They're going to walk you through what it would look like to be a member. The electricity guy comes up to me and says, hey, let's go talk about being a member. As we walk out in this corridor, he goes, remember that electricity thing? Did you know you could make money if you sold electricity? You get three other people to sell electricity. They get three other people to sell electricity. They get three other people, and you can make a shit ton of money. I'm like, can you just tell me about the fucking chapter? Right? I don't give a shit about selling electricity. And I don't understand what the hell you're talking about, all this downline shit. Go, stop. So he starts telling me about the group, and I'm just losing all interest, right? I go in, I'm like, I am never coming back to this damn thing. Then they do one magic move. The president goes up and goes, we're going to share uh, the, kind of the testimonials in this moment. And they start sharing referrals. And these people are talking about multi-million dollar deals they're doing and all these badass referrals and introductions. And I'm like, I might be able to put up with some shit if there's money here. I found out later that was all fabricated. None of those referrals were real. I mean, it was a really bad thing. Um, but I, I immediately ran back to my, at that time, Jane Miranda was my vice president. Um, and I ran back to her. And I said, we got to do this. They're handing out money to people in sales. So I've got a whole room of people who's going to buy commercial printing. She's like, I've never heard of it. I'll trust you. Give it a go. So I pay money to go back to it. I lasted about six months in that group. Because all I did is walk right back in and tried to fucking sell everybody. Right? As soon as I came back the next time, I'm like, give me your business card. Let's have a meeting. I'm going to sell you printing. Then all these people, all they wanted to sell is, could you do business cards? Could you do letterhead? I was doing $100,000 transactions and shit, sitting with these people that wanted to sell me lotions and potions and all this other stupid shit. Um, I got pitched by three different MLMs out of that fucking group. So that's one of the biggest reasons I don't allow MLMs into Success Champions Networking. You know, because at the end of the day, all they do is want to sell you their crap. So... So Laura DeFranco from Brave Healer Productions had another question that actually ties in really good with your story. Oh, sure. So it, she says, if you realize the person you're having a conversation with is only interested in talking about what they do and isn't asking you any questions, how do you respectfully 
that's going to be good for you. <laughs> Redirect or end the conversation. Um, so we'll do Donnie's answer, and then I'll give you mine. No, I'm actually curious <laughs> how you handle it, because I'm you, you're probably going to be a little bit more blunt with it. Sometimes it depends on the mood I'm in and what's what's going on that day and how how busy I am. But it's usually I always said I try to take control of the meeting right away so that we can set expectations. And I always, if, we, if I was doing an hour of virtual coffee back in the, the networking days, I would always say, all right, set it up right. So half hour for you, half hour for me. So that I would know that, all right, I'm just got, I gotta live through them rambling on for a half hour. But the, for me, if, if they wanna talk, and that's usually what I do in a virtual coffee, is I'm trying to learn all about them. Because that's gonna set me up better to actually be able to help them so I'm just, if they want to talk, perfect. Then I don't have to ask as many questions and I don't have to drive the conversation. Uh, but it is nice at some point if they say, hey, you know, I've been talking the whole time, you know, let's talk about you now. Um, but if they don't, then I'll, a lot of times I'll just set up, figure out how I can do a second call that's about me. And it might be, hey, let's set up another time. I, I think I might have some introductions for you uh, and set, use that as a way to get back in front of them. Nice. Um, you know, sometimes I give away these secrets and I'm like, Damn, next time somebody does a virtual coffee with me, they're going to be thinking this. I have this imaginary countdown clock running in the back of my head, right? People get about 15 minutes, even if it's an hour scheduled call. And I can know within the first five minutes if this is somebody I want to invest more time with. So two great phrases. You need, if you ever hear me say, you know what, let's do this, worry. Okay? Because it's a magical move for me that instantly gives you the power in a conversation. It puts you in a seat of authority to allow you to know there's a transition fixing to fucking happen. So if they're going on and on about crap that makes no sense, you know there's no value, you're not going to open any doors for them, I will instantly go, you know what, let's do this. You've talked a lot about your company and your business. Tell me about you. What's your story? How did you get here? Why are you here? And if they keep coming back to business, I'll quickly say, you know what, why don't I tell you my story? I'll go through my two minute story and say, you know what, dude, this is a brilliant meeting. Appreciate the time, or ma'am, I appreciate the time, and I'm the fuck out. If you go stone cold, they'll feel it. And most times, you guys know it when you don't jive with somebody, you know it when you don't connect with somebody. Both people fucking feel it. Don't put yourself through that punishment. Don't stay in that damn conversation. Get the hell out of it. You know, so, but literally have that countdown timer in your back of your head that says, you know, when is the cutoff point? You know, when can we get out of this? So we want to try something. You're going to have to project loud, okay? But we want a couple more sales questions from you guys, okay? And we have prizes. We got prizes if you'll play along, okay? Oh, Jen Beck. You're going to allow, because you're going to ask, we're going to repeat, okay? How do, you, how do you automate your prospecting? How do you automate your prospecting? So on the front end, on the front end, there's no automation that I ever do. On the back end, it is fully fucking automated. So what I mean by that, somebody asked me the other day, they're like, who handles all your social media content? Me. Every post, every write-up, everything you see, that is me sitting behind the freaking keyboard. Everything I do, every reach-out I do, every conversation I do. Once they make a move, Kevin's up. 
And literally, as soon as we have you raise a hand, you reach out, you give us information, the process goes automated from there. And that's the auto schedulers, that's the email follow-ups, that's all of his realm. Everybody needs a Kevin. So personal reach outs are a no-no for automation. There's, there's stuff out there and there are people that say, yeah, we'll do cold email for you and I've done it for some clients too at scale. But cold email really sucks if, for automation because you can't actually personalize it to the level that you need to to make it feel not spammy to the person getting that email. So there's lots of programs out there that say they do cold email and it's done differently than permissive. Don't do it. Don't waste your time with it. Don't waste the time with the automated reach outs for LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn frowns when you do that. It's bad. And you can tell it's spam. Donnie and I play a game. And usually it happens when we're working on one of our sync calls and one of us will get a reach out and it'll be, all right, what's the over under on if this person is going to you know, spam me if I accept them? So and it's really obvious now. So what Donnie says is correct. You know, do the personal reaches on your own, your own content on social media. Uh, you can do some really cool stuff with lead magnets on your website and social media to get people into your system. And then you can do the cool automation drip campaigns, all that type of stuff that I, that I like to nerd out on. Yeah, I mean, in addition to that, we've got people that, because that, all the interviews and things that I do, you know, I've got Tatiana that just scours the internet for any time I've been interviewed, and she makes micro videos for me. I've got other people that make social graphics and, and things for me as well, so I'm not having to sit there and fuck around and play in Canva. Even though I love playing in Canva, it's a cool fucking program. I love to design shit, but if I'm designing something, I'm not out selling, and I'll be sucked in because now I've got to design it. It's going to take me a fucking hour. Oh, this is great. That's not pretty enough, right? You know, and you're totally jacking up all, all, all of that stuff. So let's take another question. Pablo. All right. So um, if you have a presentation, right, you're taking a call with someone that's curious to work with you, you've got a presentation to give, how much do you spend on the, eh, let me get to know you, let me find out about you, and how do you Yep, great question, Bob. So what he's asking is, what's the transition from the get to know you to the meat and potatoes of the conversation, right? To where you get in. It's a great freaking question. So here's the thing. Remember that bonding rapport moment is your chance to do the information gathering. So I can't tell you it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, what else? What I can tell you is when you finally get the information you need, that's when you transition. This is why you've got to know what it takes to say yes, okay? Now, in, in certain situations, they're expecting a sales call. Like when you sell commercial printing and you're in there, they're expecting a sales call, okay? So you get a very short window of the bonding report before they want to know, okay, what can you do? You know, in there. So, but for a lot of people, you're going quickly to try and disqualify. So you gotta have ready fire top of your mind and go, okay, this box checks, is this box checked, is this box checked, do I know this box? I'm not for sure on that one, we'll get that one. And when you get to that spot, and it's a gut call. And when you get there, now you transition, right? And you're like, you know what? Here's my transmission move if I'm talking about coaching, right? And this works really well, and I love saying this all the time. My move is, you know what? You've got a really cool story. I love pouring into people. Would it be okay if I gave you some free advice right now and helped you grow and scale your business right now? And every time, you know what the response is? Well, well, yeah, 
And then I will spend the next 30 or 45 minutes pouring into their business and fixing and every solving, every fucking thing I can think of. So by the time I'm done, they're like, oh my God, this is the greatest fucking question ever. Anybody ever done a, a Zoom meeting with me like that? Right? I will completely pour into their ass so they are literally going, holy shit, that was everything I needed to hear. And the only reason I can do that is I know exactly all the shit they went through because I fucking went through it. Right? So oftentimes you just got to think about when you're listening to them, where are they at on the journey that you were on? What stage of it is? And talk straight to that. Help them get from that stage to this stage. So I use a real similar technique and I've gotten really good at one called closing digital marketing. It's kind of cool. Uh, and it's really the you're same welcome. thing. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Donnie. Um, so I'll ask a lot of the questions, and I'm trying to figure out their process and what they're doing and where their bumps and their hurdles and their hiccups and hangups are with what's going on in their sales process and their marketing processes. And then I'm like, oh, cool. I have some really cool ideas for you. Can I, can I share some with you? And then we start talking about, you know, what if you did this? What if we put a little thing here where we could automatically qualify someone and they don't even get your inbox if they don't fit your needs? They're like, oh, you can do that? Oh yeah, that's cool. And then we can also do this thing. And so I'll start giving them all these really cool ideas. And I've never once pulled out a pitch book, opened up a, a system to show them how it works. I haven't drawn out any, any uh, flow charts for them, even though I had to for Donnie. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but it's all like, it's exactly what Donnie says. He's pouring into their business. I'm giving them a ton of ideas and things that they can do for free. Even if they don't use it for me, they, they, someone else can do it for them but no other digital marketers do that because they want to save it for when they get paid. All right, so now we're going to figure out what you can do. I've already got a strategy for them before we hit that strategy meeting, and then it's really refining it in that, and I've already built out stuff, and I have some cool things to show them there, and it just makes it much easier. For sure. All right, let's do one more question. Rachel, I saw it first. I'm sorry, princess. Well, I'm coming to you. No, 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 I want to be heckled. I'm coming to you next, princess. Rachel, go. So, how, how <laughs> Kevin, why don't you answer that? Because right. so, okay. So what she asked? <laughs> Greg's like, stop moving. Right. So what she's asking is, what happens when you get that client that's over the top excited? They're like, I love you. I want to work with you. And then you wait a little while. You send the proposal off, and then they fucking are gone. They ghost you, and you never see from them again. All right. So proposals and contracts, you never send them off without a follow-up date. So my rule of thumb with proposals is they want, they want me to send them a proposal. I'm like, sweet, awesome. What do you want in it? What information do you want in that proposal? And I make them walk me through what information they need. So now I know I'm only sending them the stuff that they actually need to make a decision. And if it's stuff that we haven't talked about yet, then, I, and then I'll stop. And I'll say, all right, I can't send you a proposal because we haven't talked about this. And I'll back up the sales process and have that conversation. When you send out a proposal, there should be no surprises for your customer in them. Everything in that proposal, they should have already verbally agreed to in some manner. And then the last thing is, all right, when, I'll send this to you, but when are we going to talk about it? We will set up a date to actually jump on the phone, be in person, and then we will walk through the proposal again. So I'll send it to them. 
but there's always that follow-up call. And I do the exact same thing with a contract. Kevin's a lot more fucking organized than I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I fucking suck at follow-up. I'm the worst. I absolutely suck at follow-up. This is why a one-call close. I, I suck at it, too. That's why I have to set that meeting. Otherwise, it'll go out there, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's been a month, and I haven't talked to them. Oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> right? So, so for me, oftentimes, I know my prices. I know what shit costs. So I'm going to make them an offer right then and there. And if they can't make a gut call, then they're probably not going to be a yes in the first place. Now, there are scenarios, and Kevin and I are going to do an entire episode on proposals and things. There are certain industries that require you to go back and do the work. You order a thousand business cards, you order a million business cards. There's a massive gap in that print cost. That industry has that expectation that you're not going to be able to give them pricing right then and there. They're prepared for the second proposal, right? They're prepared to get pricing sent to them. Most of what you guys sell, they're not prepared for you guys to send shit. Here's the thing. People buy emotionally. When you were sitting with them and they are emotionally charged up, make the fucking move. Don't pawn that off. That is some sort of gremlin popping up in your back of your head going, I can't ask. I won't ask. I'm not going to do it. Right? The proposal is a defense mechanism for a lot of you. Let me go back, fill this shit out, put it all together, then I'll send it off to you, and it's a complete defense mechanism. If they're into you and what your products and services are, get them to move. Princess, really quick, what was it? What is, I know you want closure, but when it's time to go for it, how do you ask for the sale? So she's asking, because when it comes to that final moment, how do I ask for the sale? My simple, easy move is what do we do next? and then shut the fuck up. Because you people, I'll, I've heard it. You're like, what do we do next? Would you like to sign up? You want to do this? Right? I'm like, shut the fuck up. Just say, what do we do next? If it's a yes, they're going to fucking tell you. Well, let's get started. And then you tell them, cool. I'm going to send you a contract right now. Or in my case, most times, here's a link. Sign up. Yeah, I do the exact same thing. What do we do next, or when do we want to do the initial strategy call? And I just ask. It's almost an assumption of the sale technique, uh, but Donnie's exactly right. Most salespeople, especially the younger, less experienced ones, will ask for the sale, and then you don't answer right away, and I think sometimes Donnie and I do it just to be dicks and to see what they do. But then they'll jump right in to try and sell you more. Yeah and they'll go into another closing technique. And I'm like, I didn't even answer. What, what, really funny, if you ever try and sell Kevin and I, know that we are sending messages back and forth to each other the entire fucking time. I'm like, oh my God, this guy sucks so bad, I just wish he'd shut the fuck up. Right? That shit happens when you try and sell us anything. Because we've had some really bad sales calls. And Kevin will laugh, because at some point, my high deal come on, I'm like, all right, can you shut up about the company history and just tell me what the fuck you have? Or I'll message him, you're doodling right now, aren't you? <laughs> That's real. So, all right, we got to wrap this up, guys. So, so thank you very, very much. You guys enjoyed this. <laughs> so.
So for you guys listening and watching at home, if you have not, do us a favor and make sure you are subscribed and follow the Growth Mode podcast. If you're on YouTube, ring the damn bell. If you're listening or following wherever you listen to podcasts, do us a favor, make sure you're subscribed. And the ultimate gift for us, guys, if you can think of one person that would value from this message, the content we put out, do us a favor and share it with just one person. It's literally like you walked up and gave Kevin and I a virtual hug, and he's a creepy hugger. So... So, <laughs> thank you guys. Love you, mean it. See you, bye. <laughs>